Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. We are everyday people following Jesus every day. There are certain things that it feels like a pastor is supposed to be good at, is supposed to enjoy. Uh, And I don't know what you think of um, when you probably never do, actually, but I don't know what you think of when you think of things a pastor is supposed to or should be good at and enjoy. And I will admit that I spend too much time, altogether too much time, comparing me and, and the things that I am good at and enjoy to whatever those supposed to's and should be's are that I imagine are in other people's heads, whether they're actually there or not. There are a number of things that I feel like I should be better at and supposed to be good at or enjoying in some different way. Maybe the top ones for me are scripture and prayer. Um, which are the things we're going to talk about this week and next. Uh, It seems to me, from my upbringing in church and my uh, having been around good Christian people for, whatever, 40 years now, that a good Christian, and uh, so certainly a good pastor, uh, should love reading Scripture. After all, The creator of the universe has given us his notes on how to live, on how to love, and on how much he loves us. That's absolutely incredible. Who wouldn't want to soak in the message of love from the one who made us? I mean, think of the wisest person you know. Take a moment, think of the wisest person that you can think of. Maybe somebody you know personally, maybe somebody you don't. Think of the wisest person you know. People pay hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars to go to a conference just to hear the wisest person that they know in their field and download all of that information into their brain so that they can apply it to their day-to-day lives. We, we wish we could just take the wisest person we know and just download all of that wisdom into our head and our hearts uh, and live differently. Uh, Maybe you can think of somebody who is gone now, um, but who loved you really, really well. Or somebody who you know loved you, but uh, didn't say it very often, if at all. Wouldn't we just give anything to hear that person tell us, I love you, one more time? This download of wisdom, this I love you from the God who made us, that is scripture. And yet, I come confessing that scripture is hard for me to actually engage in. And I do want to draw a distinction between reading it and engaging it. These are different things. I, I, can, I can make the daily habit of reading it happen uh, most days, if not every day. But actually engaging in it uh, gets trickier for me. Um, some of it is that I um, went to Christian college 
knowing God was calling me into ministry, having no idea what the last 20 years of that was actually going to look like. I just knew that I was supposed to go to Christian college, get a ministry degree. So I did that thing. Uh, And for any of you who have done any time in ministry study, ministry classes, you know that one of the first things that happens is that the Bible becomes a textbook. And I'm not sure that I have ever fully gotten beyond the Bible as a textbook. And part of that comes down to my job. I, I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh man, how would I teach this? Or what would we say about that? Or is this something that I feel like other people uh, need to hear? I suppose that's part of engaging in it. I think the daily reading of it is obviously really, really important. It's a really good habit to have. Uh, We've been talking about establishing good daily habits of following Jesus. As Paul laid them out, uh, an early church leader, uh, church planter, uh, laid them out in his letter to the Ephesian church. So we've been going through Ephesians chapter six. He called it putting on the armor of God. In Ephesians 6, 17, we read this. He says, put on salvation as your helmet, which we talked about last week, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You uh, may remember from past weeks that the point of this armor of God, this taking up the sword of the spirit and all of the other things we are called to do is not uh, actually to slash at the people around us, um, but, but is Paul says to stand firm. He says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the dark spiritual world around us, which sounds kind of weird to our enlightenment informed ears, but it, it, it's just there, that there is a battle going on that most people do not know about, but we as Jesus followers are called to know about it and to stand firm amongst the battle raging around us. Something about this sword of the spirit, this Spirit-inspired, God-breathed set of documents that we call the Bible supposed to help us stand firm, strong and armed in our day-to-day lives. And yet I, I find it hard to actually engage my heart in it. Uh, and for some of you, everything that I said about uh, the the goodness of Scripture just, just rings in your heart. And and your heart attaches to these words of God, um, and you love it, and you love engaging in it, um, and love diving in. And I am so grateful uh, that you are part of my life and a part of this community, and I'm a little bit jealous, and I'm a lot excited for you. I, I am somebody who is easily distracted from anything, uh, squirrel, uh, shiny things, whatever. Um, I get easily distracted from anything by the worries of the day. I can be reading through scripture and some, like I do this with books too. I'm sure I'm not the only one that this happens to where you're reading through and you realize you have no idea what the last two paragraphs said. Just none. Because you're thinking about something way over there. Happens a lot to a lot of us. Uh, So I, Again, knowing that I'm not alone in this, I actually want to take the time today to talk about why engaging in scripture is hard. Now, for some of you, again, this isn't hard. And so hopefully uh, this just 
uh, helps show you what some of the people around you are going through, maybe increases your compassion. Uh, If you've been frustrated by the shoulds and the supposed tos, maybe this will help you understand why, what you're running into. Um, So what makes scripture hard for so many modern Christian Americans? We got a list in your notes. The first one is that habits are hard. Habits are hard. We know this. Forming any new healthy habit, particularly when we aren't naturally drawn to it for whatever reason, is difficult. Uh, Eating healthy, going for a run, walk, uh, date nights, whatever, good healthy habits can be very hard to establish. Um, Millions have been spent. I'm actually just making up this number, but we're going to assume it's millions. Millions have been spent on books helping us learn how to establish healthy habits. This is hard. We know it. We know there's good things for us. We should do them. Uh, Some habits, uh, like eating a piece of cake before bed every night, that's a much easier habit to fall into, I would imagine. I don't actually know. (laughs) Got my own set of unhealthy habits. That's just not one of them. Partly because the thing that even eating cake every night before bed there's still some other habits you have to establish. Either a run by the store on a regular basis to buy some cake, or you're going to have to make the cake. There's other habits that are going to be hard to establish. I'm not going to be able to establish any of those. Praise the Lord. I'm not eating cake every night before bed. Okay. Habits are, are hard. Second reason, um, and we've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. Scripture was written for us, not to us. Scripture was written for us, not to us. Scripture was written to a different culture at a different time with different priorities. That can make it hard to pronounce and hard to understand. It doesn't match the way that we tell stories. It isn't intended to teach us in a postmodern, post-enlightenment kind of way. It can seem foreign and weird and hard to apply to our daily lives in 2024. Hard to understand how these words, these stories, the problems that they were facing apply to the problems that I'm facing today, which leads to the third reason we run into, which is we like our problems taken care of, not pointed out. We like our problems taken care of, not pointed out. We often want to go to scripture, open it up, and say, all right, I'm going to open it, I'm going to read it, and something here is going to tell me what I should do about my neighbor who's driving me crazy. Or something is going to answer the question that I'm bringing to scripture just because I opened it up and I read a verse, kind of like a biblical Ouija board or something. Like it's just going to pop out at me and I'm going to know what the answer is. We like our problems taken care of. And while we do find all kinds of principles about how we face our problems, engage with our problems, interact with the people around us, it wasn't actually written to address our specific problems. Like we're not going to find an answer in here to whether we should buy the new car or not. We're going to find principles about how we deal with money, what wealth looks like in the kingdom of God, about generosity, about all those kinds of things. But it was not actually written to us and our questions today. In fact, 
Much of scripture seems to be stories of heroes with issues, stories about a nation that no matter how much God blessed them, kept turning away, that God had to continually point out their shadow side as they would revel in uh, the temptations around them. Many of Jesus's teachings make us uncomfortable, pointing out just how far from perfect we really are. How much we need the help and the grace and the spirit of God. Scripture is telling a story of a creation made perfectly, poisoned by this thing called sin, and now corrupted beyond human ability to repair it. And we, it says, are infected by it too. And scripture seems more interested in reminding us of that fact, (laughs) that we are sinners in need of God's goodness and God is very, very good. More interested in reminding us that we are poisoned, but God is good than it is in solving all of our problems. Uh, Remember in the verse we read, Paul refers to the word of God as a sword. Uh, This is actually one of two references in the New Testament to using sword as a spiritual metaphor. And in both times, it's connected to scripture. So this is Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Again, different letter to a different people, same analogy. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Rather then solving our problems, sometimes scripture does a brilliant job of showing us our contribution to the problem. Our hypocrisy, our judgment. Sometimes we come to scripture carrying some amount of shame for what we have done, for what we're involved in, And we approach scripture with some knowledge, even in the back of our brain, even if we don't know this verse of the double-edgedness of scripture. And we're just not sure how deeply this is gonna cut us if we bring our confessions and our brokenness to it. I think we sometimes struggle to open scripture because we're afraid of our own vulnerability. And one of the reasons we run into for not engaging in scripture well is it really keys on our vulnerability. Scripture will separate our fear from our bravado, our anger from our justification, our self-righteousness from our arrogance. And I I would argue, I, I know for me, that we sometimes, I sometimes, will read Scripture without engaging in it because I know that engaging in it just is gonna feel too vulnerable for my comfort zone. Vulnerability ends up being this hang up for us in trying to engage with scripture. And let's be honest, we are swimming in and being formed by a culture that is more interested in being entertained 
and, and then, then engaging and, and is finding more and more ways to escape rather than engage. And, and an honest opening of scripture means engaging with it and not just not just opening and not just reading, but observing it and applying it. And the truth is that we like to be entertained, not engaged. One of our hangups is we like to be entertained, not engaged. We want to escape into Netflix, pornography, or the movies because it's easier to be entertained than to engage in actual relationships, emotions, or actual conflict. And scripture was not intended was not created or written to entertain 21st century Americans. That's not what it was for. It wasn't even written to us, let alone to entertain us. So with all that said, why bother? Like, like if there's all these hangups, why do we read this? I mean, I just announced earlier that we're going to read together uh, as a community through this season of Lent. Are we just doing that because it's the churchy thing and we feel like we're supposed to? And I wonder how much, and I don't have a good phrase for this, I wonder how much we don't engage in Scripture, we struggle to engage in Scripture because our motivations for doing it just aren't that compelling. Like we feel like we're supposed to. <laughs> Maybe we're uh, in, we, we know there's a, an atheist at work and we really wanna have all the right answers for them. We really wanna convince people. Maybe we really like winning arguments. Maybe these are the reasons that we go to scripture. And that's just not compelling from day to day. That, that as you, you head toward bed as you wake up in the morning, as you're on your lunch break, boy, I, um, I'd really like something that is going to help fuel my anger and help me win an argument. Um, just isn't gonna last because that's not what scripture is intended for. We don't go to scripture to be right or to win the argument or to feel smarter than the people around us. Scripture was given to us because it is the notes on how to live our lives from the one who made us to live them. Like this isn't a document that is a textbook where we go to it and we learn the right answers and check the right boxes. This is about engaging in a relationship. This is an invitation to spend time with the wisdom and love of our creator, God, the creator of the universe and the creator of each and every one of us. So why do we do this? I have a two-part answer. I thought about just going with one, but it's so snarky. I thought I just will go with two. So the first one, um, why bother? Um, <laughs> see above. Um, I thought about just saying same list and praying for us, and some of you would have really liked that, but we're gonna keep going. It's the same list. If we could put that list back uh, up there. Um, these same things that we stumble over are part of the reason why we need to go to scripture. Habits are hard, and establishing good, healthy habits is a difficult thing for many of us. And we've been talking about these daily practices, and we're gonna talk about them, sneak peek, more in just a moment. Um, as we try to do these healthy things, a 
a lot of them are not very tangible things. And picking something that is tangible, that we can know whether we did it or not, that, that again, I keep saying check the box like it's bad, but that we could actually say, yes, I did this thing. I made a healthy choice. Uh, I hear motivational speakers talk about how every day, just make sure you make your bed when you get up in the morning, right? So you can say, I did a healthy choice. I did a good thing. Uh, how much healthier is reading scripture than even making the bed, right? That there is something about establishing a healthy choice. It, it really was written for us. Sure, it's not to us, but it really is for us to guide us uh, through life, um, to, uh, to lead us through the ways that God has designed us to go, uh, to give us these words of, of love and warning and guidance, uh, we, we engage in it because we all have blind spots. We all have things that we're not aware of, and you have to actually engage in relationship and engage with something that's, or somebody that is going to point out those blind spots to us. And because there really are good principles in here for uh, how we deal with our problems and the people around us. We engage in it because it does help us grow in our vulnerability in bringing our whole selves to the one who made us, the one who is more trustworthy than anyone else. We get to practice vulnerability and in being loved and taught and disciplined, we grow. And we go into this, we dive into scripture, we actually engage with it because our world really is, prior, is forming us to prioritize our entertainment over engaging in actual love. Statistically, loneliness and misery are at all time highs and we keep trying to take care of that by going to more and more escape and entertainment. It's what led us to the problem and we're trying to solve the problem with more of it. These words say that they will know we are Christians by our love, not by how good we are at escaping and entertaining ourselves. We need to practice choosing engagement over entertainment. And the daily practice of engaging in scripture is one way to do that. The second part of this answer hit me this week like a palm to the forehead. Scripture strengthens, I don't know why I'd never seen this before in this passage. Scripture strengthens our other daily practices. Again, we've been talking about this daily taking on, Paul calls it God's armor, taking on of God's armor as we struggle, not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness in the spiritual realm, to stand firm, each piece part of a daily practice of taking on God's gifts to us. So here is that uh, list Paul gives us. This is Ephesians uh, 6. Uh, we'll read 14 through 17. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to talk briefly about these. And then at the end, we're going to take a moment to engage in scripture together as a community. 
daily, we are called to take on the, and we've been talking about these last few weeks, to take on the belts of truth, the armor of righteousness. We depend on Jesus to be the answer for us uh, and for others, to be our peace. We hold up the shield of faith personally and in community. We remember that we are loved and saved and called to to unravel the consequences of sin's infection in this world, we stand firm with this shield of faith in one hand and the sword of the Spirit in the other. As, as we hold that word of uh, God, it, it strengthens all of these others. Uh, we can walk through these one at a time. And I, as we do this, I, I want us to recognize part of the habit forming here is that all of these things that Paul is calling us to take on feel very uh, intangible. Like, the, like how, how do I know if I put on the helmet of salvation today? Like short of um, buying a set of armor off of the internet and putting it on every day and go, okay, I have done this thing, which will get you some weird looks and you are welcome to go that route if you want to. Uh, they're very intangible things. Like how, how do I know that I am living with the belt of truth? But to actually engage with scripture, to pull it up on our phone, to, to pull it up in a book and, and say, I have actually engaged with something tangible today that is part of supporting these daily habits of walking and following Jesus in an everyday way. So scripture reveals the truth. It tells us the truth of who God is, who we are, and what the world Uh, is really going through. It guides you to righteousness. It teaches how we engage with God and others as we seek to love God and love others and love ourselves. It is the story of dependence and peace. We asked this question a couple weeks ago. Do we really believe that Jesus is the answer or not? And I don't mean like the answer like, they hear easy, quick, Jesus will make everything feel better. I mean, like, is depending on Jesus who we are actually made to be as people who depend on Christ? Is it Jesus's love and uh, forgiveness, his salvation that we actually are depending on for life, for abundant life, not just someday after we die, but, but like now? And it tells this story of people who choose to go the route of ignoring God and living their own life and how much unrest and lack of peace that causes them and the story of choosing to depend on God and find peace. This is the story of God's faithfulness and his desire to bring us into wholeness and peace in him. And as you fill your mind and heart with this story, scripture anchors your faith. Our faith is grounded in tradition and history and a divine story. I want to be clear that our firm foundation is God himself, not the text. But the written and timeless message of God anchors our faith outside of ourselves. We live in a society in a day and age that tells us that what you feel is king. Whatever your emotions are, whatever you feel like is your truth, that's your truth. That's what you should go with. That is the most true thing, not only about you, but about the world you're experiencing is whatever you are feeling. And we say, no, 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 there is something outside of me that anchors my life and my 
faith. We anchor our faith in the story of King Jesus and his love and grace. In this text that tells us that we are adopted as God's children, loved and chosen and given a mission in the family business. <laughs> Excuse me. Scripture reminds you who you are and what you are called to do. Let this true story strengthen you as you stand firm by reminding you that you are a loved creation and child of God on a mission. Loved no matter how that mission goes, but on a mission that is guaranteed to succeed because we know Jesus has already overcome sin and death. And God is inviting us to be part of the work of seeing the kingdom of Jesus come alive, come to fruition in our world, that slowly but surely eternal life, abundant life springs up in our life and in the lives of the people around us in our community as we unravel the consequences of sin and beat back the darkness. So for these reasons, we actively engage with a spirit-given, God-breathed scripture. So I, I do want to take just a couple minutes here in this moment to do just that. Uh, there are many different ways to engage with scripture, many different methods uh, that have many different names, things like Lectio Divina or SOAP or SPEC or a half a million other acronyms that I don't know. Whatever the mnemonic or strategy, what all these methods have in common is that they are inviting us to actually engage with scripture and not just read it. And not just engage with our feelings, not just engage with, well, that one makes me feel better, but to actually observe all of scripture to see how it might apply to our lives to reflect on it thoughtfully. So as an example, I wanna walk us through a soap together. Some of you are familiar with soap, others not. Here's the quick rundown. SOAP is an acronym, S-O-A-P, which stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Uh, it's something that can be helpful to journal or write down your thoughts for each step. But the idea is this, that you read a passage, long or short, I'm gonna read a short one today, and pick out a scripture or phrase or word that sticks out to you. That's the S part. O, observe, is simply a step to pay attention. What does that phrase mean to you? Why do you think it sticks out? What connects with your hearts, your words, your hopes? To observe it in its context in scripture and go, well, what is the author trying to communicate here? What would this have meant to the people who were hearing it? That may take some research. It may just be something you ponder and reflect on. To observe the scripture both in how it connects with you, why it might have stuck out with you, and its actual place in Scripture. A is for apply. How will this phrase or word or connection affect you today or this week? Again, we are not coming to Scripture, carrying our question and saying, I expect that I'm going to read Scripture until God answers my question. Why is the sky gray today? We're going and saying, okay, I want to observe scripture as it is in its context. And I want to be reflective and prayerful and say, God, 
how, how is this going to affect me today? Why did this word jump out? This word is weird. It wouldn't have jumped out to anybody else. Now, you may also find that nothing jumps out to you in the passage that you read, in the passage that we're going to read in a moment. You may simply choose something. Go, I don't know. Nothing jumped out. I don't even know what jumped out means. They're all words on a page. They're there. Okay, pick one. That's okay. God, what might you say to me through this word? And P is for prayer. That we take it to God and go, okay, God, what are you saying here? What do you want me to do? God, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Would you guide me in this thing? Father, I... I'm confused. I'm still carrying my questions. I'm not sure what you might be up to in my life. Or, wow, God, that was, I didn't know that that's what I needed to hear today, but that's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to read. Thank you for that. Would you carry me through applying this today, this week? So I'm just gonna read the next three verses in um, Ephesians chapter six. This can be a long activity or short activity. Today's is gonna be quick. Uh, The verses will be on the screen. Uh, As I read through it the first time, what stands out? What catches your attention? It may be really significant, or you may just need to choose something. Starting in verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Does something stick out? Can you grab a word? Choose something to observe. I'm gonna read it again and ask you to simply observe. What is that word or phrase or verse doing in this passage? What is it there for? Why is it sticking out to you? What connects to your worries or hopes? Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Take a minute to observe, to ponder what stuck out to you. For some of you, a minute feels like a really long time. That's okay. For some, it's no time at all. Let's take another minute and 
process through the application question. God, what might I do with this? Some of you already know. It just grabbed you. Others, God, I don't know what's going on here. Take a second. How does this apply to today, to this week? Let's take a minute and process through that. In just a moment, I'm going to move us into the prayer part. I want to encourage you to share with somebody today what you observed, what it may mean for you. Um, stick around for lunch. Share it with somebody at the lunch table. Uh, what's God stirring in you? Let me pray for us as the worship team comes up. Father, Father God, would you guard our hearts against turning our time in scripture into a time of getting right answers, getting our problems solved? Would you open our hearts to dependence on you, toward engaging in time with you, toward trusting your goodness, your faithfulness, Father, we want to trust you vulnerably to point out where we're looking to escape or entertain instead of engaging with the people around us, engaging with you. Where we know why that word is sticking out to us. But we keep searching for some other reason because we don't want it to be that one. thank you for inviting us to have a good and real and personal relationship with you and to come to you as a community of people. Thank you for engaging with us. Would you give us the strength and the wisdom, the courage, the faithfulness, engage with you through your word that you have given to us. checking out our podcast. You can learn more or connect with us online at easthills.org.